1: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America-wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio,
0: 630 chat. Welcome back, everybody. It's 134 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Scott, with you. I'm out of the, uh home office, and uh, we'll be in 630 Jet Studios about an hour. The City Forward face-off show coming up at uh, 2 o'clock today. Spoiler alert, Nashville's in a world of hurt. It's now 2 nothing for the Arizona Coyotes. The Preds have dramatically outshot uh, Arizona in this series and in this game. Uh, UC Saros just turned the puck over along the sideboards, and Phil Kessel ripped rip one past them to the blocker side, so Two nothing Arizona. I, I had Arizona in that series. I had Calgary and Winnipeg as well. I may get a couple series actually right. Kind of missed the Carolina Rangers one. Without further ado for the horses and horse racing Alberta, the 7,000 men and women, uh, 7,000 men and women that are employed in the horse racing industry in the province of Alberta. Reminder, you can watch and wager on HBIbet.com. They're racing out at Century Mile Limited Seating Fridays and Sunday nights. We welcome back to the show, Mark
1: Spector. Hello, Mark. How are you doing? Uh, not so bad. It's a nice day to watch the hockey today. <laughs> it's been watching since 10 a.m. here. My eyes are going square already.
0: Yeah, uh, well, uh, Jack Michaels is going to join us as well.
2: Jack, how are
0: you from the Oilers Radio
2: Network? I'm doing well, Bob, and uh, I concur with your prediction. I just figured Arena would get a shot at some point in this series. 89 in a row, and John Hines apparently is going to go down with a UC Sorrow ship. Well, you know, and I brought up
0: the name Mitch Korn and how that organization changed when it, because to me, they always had goaltenders that kind of overperformed or outperformed expectation and, they lost him a couple years ago. He went to Washington. Braden Holpe, you know, wins a Stanley Cup, and then he follows trots into Long Island, and uh, Robin Leonard res- resurrects his career. And so it- it's it's been pretty interesting to watch. And goaltending's part of the equation, and I'm going to hit you guys up right here, right now. Jack, if it was you, who would you start today against the Chicago Blackhawks and why? I would J-
2: start Mike Smith.
0: You would start Mike Smith, okay?
2: I would start Mike Smith, yes, and and I would I would also follow that up by saying I would start Mike Smith today, and I would start Miko Koskinen in Game Five.
1: Speck, what would you do? Yeah, it's going to be bad radio because I think that's the key here is the advantage you have over the Blackhawks is you have two goalies that can both play. So I I agree. I'm starting Mike Smith tonight as well. And uh, I'm not making my decision on the Saturday game quite yet, but uh, I would start Smith tonight. Too many, I get it, deflection goals, not goals. I'm blaming Koskinen for directly, but too many going in, not enough big saves. Need the next uh, next man up here.
0: Speck, the Oiters are at 42% on the power play, and Corey Crawford has an 860 save percentage. How are they down? two games to one in this series
1: <laughs> that's a good question huh uh you know what too much i mean obviously too much time killer penalties for one right they spent they spent you know seven short uh minor penalties in the first two periods so that's a lot of time when conor is not on the ice that's for sure uh and that throw as we all know throws all your lines off and stuff so i'm going to start with that i'm going to say the orders are, have, have made it too difficult on themselves to get the rhythm they want with their lines, to get enough Connor McDavid time, he's not playing the average that he played in the regular season. Uh, they got to straighten their overall game out in order to get the details working here. And to me, they're not—they haven't found their game in three games. They have not looked like the Oilers team we saw during the season. Better find out pretty quick tonight.
0: Mark the Oilers' top three dogs have 20 points between McDavid, Nugent, Hopkins, and Drysdale. They need some other guys to break through, specifically up front, don't they?
1: no question and and again i think part of the issue becomes that there's a group of guys that that only play killing penalties and then when you get off the ice the big boys get their ice time in and that the guy like zach cassian sits around forever before he gets out there you know so yeah they need a situation where zach cassian could be a huge factor in the playoffs we all know that he has been absolutely anonymous in this series so far, partly due to his own, you know, I would blame Zach Cassian for not making something happen, but he's also been stapled to the bench far too much.
0: Jack, uh, do you think Jack Michaels, Mark Spector, joining us, Bob Stauffer with you in now? Did you expect the orders to get a little bit more juice beyond McDavid, Drysaddle, and Nugent Hopkins offensively?
2: Not really. I, I I'm surprised by two things. Uh, here's what I'm surprised by. I'm surprised Chicago's defense, especially Murphy and DeHaan, has been as capable as they have been. And as you know, Bob, they've outpointed Edmonton's defense 11-4. to But the biggest surprise for me, and I'm not laying any blame at the feet of Dreisaitl and McDavid. As you point out, along with Eugene Hopkins, they've combined for 20 points. But here's what I did not anticipate. I said going into this postseason for months, you heard it on yes. your show, they would be weak in the two-hole at center, and they'd have no one to defend McDavid or Dreisaitl. Well, head-to-head, Kirby Dockett has played 23 minutes against Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, and he is plus three. Dreisaitl and McDavid are minus three head-to-head against Kirby Dock. I and did Jack- not see that happening.
0: Jack, you know how bullish I've been on Kirby, Doc. Uh, but there's guys in Chicago that watched him, and and they were split on him a bit, weren't they? We won't say who they were, but it wasn't an overall consensus that this type of game might be capable uh, uh, you know, for Kirby to get to here during the course of the series based on what they saw earlier in the season.
2: Well, I think earlier in the season, you know, he had obviously played a lot of hockey. He's had some time off. I mean, Bob, you you've been bullish on Kirby Doc, but I don't think you saw him playing 23 minutes against two of the top five players in the league and coming out plus three. I mean, I I I, I respect your prognostications, but I don't think you had that. Not in this series. And well, Kirby been... Doc has done it, and I've... I give him a lot of credit. He is better earlier than I thought he he was going to be able to, because especially it's been magnified by the fact that he's been so good because dylan strome has struggled which i did feel would happen but kirby Doc has played out of his mind if he continues chicago is going to be tough to beat here
0: yeah well you know and it's great to see what kirby's done uh jack you know how many times i've been wrong with my prognostications over the years did we kind of i mean i don't think mark you or Jack or me forgot about Jonathan Taze, but did some people forget about Jonathan Taze?
1: Because he's still pretty good, isn't he, Speck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's very, very good. I think it's uh you know, I, could, I think back to when, when. Ray Bork was playing, coming through town only like once a year. I think back to when Nick Lidstrom was coming up through town nearer the end of his career, and I remember sort of saying to myself, you know, watch this guy, because years from now, you're going to look back. someone's going He's going to be you know, an older guy, and you're going to be able to say, oh yeah, I saw Lidstrom play. He's one of the greats of all time. And, you know, we're looking at exactly that with Jonathan Tays, right? He's 32 years old. He's keeping up with these young guys. Uh, he's winning face-offs like crazy. He's You know, creating offensive opportunities, he's dragging guys to the net. Uh, He is such a smart player that knows exactly what's needed and when and where to be defensively, offensively. I mean, he is 100% there, and I know the knock on him has been that his legs have gone on him a little bit, but I'll tell you what, he's keeping up with uh, Connor McDavid pretty well. Uh, Maybe as much with his mind as with his feet, guys. But uh, he's putting on a clinic in this series, and and I would say to Orders fans, this is a walk in Hall of Famer here. So keep an eye on him because you're going to want to tell your grandkids that you saw this guy.
0: Jack, do they have three walk in Hall of Famers?
2: Well, Duncan Keith. I mean, again, one of the uh, you know one of the one of the keys to this series coming in would be chicago's defense and you know would they have answers and and could they rely on duncan keith to give them not 25 minutes but 25 quality minutes at age 37 and you know the the thing that the edmonton did in game one is they gave chicago's three hall of famers a sniff you know they they gave them well wait a minute you know we're we're alive in this series they gave them some life and now you've got keith and Taves and Kane in a closeout situation. And in this era of the Chicago Blackhawks, they're 16-5 and five when they have a chance to close the deal. So you've made it difficult for yourself. Yep. And absolutely, I mean, Duncan Keith, the one thing you have with Keith, Taves, Kane, for that matter, Crawford, even though he hasn't been the, that great in this series, is you have professionals with a lot of pride who remember how to win and who don't like being stepped over. You know, Taves and Kane, I, I, I just referred to it on this program, Drysaddle, McDavid, consensus, two of the top five players in the league. I don't necessarily think Kane and Taves appreciate being stepped over so dismissively. Uh, they want to prove that they can still play. Uh, I think Mark makes an excellent point that Jonathan Taves, uh, at this point in his career, is still at a point where he's not going to allow himself to be embarrassed no matter who he's matched up with
0: we're joined by mark Spector for the horses and horse racing in alberta my play-by-play partner jack michaels as well bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now 144 in edmonton i'm going to get both you guys to answer the next question we'll start with smack what's the bigger upset if montreal beats pittsburgh or chicago beats edmonton if that ends up indeed ends up happening mark uh
1: I would say Montreal beating Pittsburgh would be a bigger upset, but not by much. It'd be five against twelve. Like we've all watched one eats beat ones, and we all could you know that's always considered to be quite an anomaly. But we have seen it several times. But twelve <laughs> like these are teams. You know, I said in your show before, Bob. If you can't beat the Chicago Blackhawks then you got no right to complain. You shouldn't be going to the playoffs. And I'm here to tell you, it's a 12th-place team that traded away Robert Leonard and, and Gustafson at the deadline because they knew they weren't going to be in the playoffs. And here they are in the playoffs. So, you know what? Uh, how big an upset is it? I don't think the evident owners want to find out how big an upset it is, Paul, because they shouldn't be losing to a 12th-place team, I'm here to tell you.
0: Um, okay, well, I, I just on that front, Jack, how many points were the Oilers separated from, uh, Chicago during the course of the regular season? 11. 11 points. Because when I think back, I'm just going to take a look here at 2006. Um, you know the standings that year between the Oilers and Detroit. That was a one versus eight seed. It seems to me Detroit finished more than eleven points ahead of the Edmonton Oilers yeah, it was that year. Yeah,
2: nothing like twenty six, was it not? Yeah, I think yeah, it was. It was a yeah,
0: 20, bunch. it was a whole bunch. And so, in spec, uh, we've always had a lot of fun with that one because I believe I actually used your line on Mon- on Montreal Pittsburgh. I said Pittsburgh in two because that was your line Detroit in three back in that <laughs> playoff series back in 'oh <laughs> six. And I'm about to get burned, Jack. I already know your answer question, and I'm 100% with you on Pittsburgh and Montreal. Are you as shocked as I am that the uh, Penguins are down 2-1? Yeah,
2: I I have to say, I mean, just Chicago's nucleus uh, being what it is, you know, makes it less of an upset. I mean, you know, all apologies to, you know, Montreal, but they should not be in the postseason. The only thing they really had going for them is you know, a head coach who who knows how to win and has coached in the playoffs for two decades and Claude Julien and Carey Price, whose playoff record, to be fair, is spotty at best. I mean, I know he's got an Olympic gold medal to his credit and a World Cup, but, you know, in the actual playoffs, he's had one good run. That's it. So, uh, you know, to to suggest that Montreal had a realistic possibility against one of the stronger Pittsburgh rosters. They feel that, I mean, for me, this this stacks up fairly favorably with the ones that won the Stanley Cup. Uh, But the one issue is they've had some up and down goaltending this year. Tristan Jari was very good early and then not so good late. And Matt Murray was not very good early and then pretty good late and pretty indifferent in the playoffs. So they're going to Jari And his last four starts were a disaster. And that's what allowed Murray to kind of regain the job in February and on into March before the pause. So Pittsburgh all of a sudden has questions in net, even though their goaltender is a two-time Stanley Cup winner. He's going to be on the pine today.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one to say the least, uh, gentlemen. Thank you for your time, Spec. One of these days, I'll see you down the road. Uh,
1: you've been fortunate; I haven't had to see you for like months. So uh, I know I get to go to the rink and watch the games. It's actually uh, it's actually been a pleasure, I must admit, to watch playoff hockey. Uh, up close. Uh but I'm listening to you guys on my computer. How about that? Is that
2: worth anything to you? Well there you go. You rub that in, partner. How do you let him get away with that?
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Detroit in three. Uh anyhow, uh,
2: Mark Spector for
0: the horses at Horse racing in Alberta. Jack Michaels here. Jack coming up uh very shortly on the City Ford face-off show coming up here. Uh it is one forty eight. We'll take a timeout. Thank you, gentlemen. You're listening to Oilers Now.
1: Hi, I'm Darnell Nurse from the Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Ched. 151
0: in Edmonton. Uh, Mark in St. Albert has texted us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. We just had Mark Spector from the Horses and Horse Racing in Alberta again. Uh, HBIBet.com. You can watch and wager for the uh, events out at Century Mile. Um, and we had Jack Michaels as well from the Oilers Radio Network. And we said, what's a bigger upset? Pittsburgh knocking, you know, losing to Montreal or Edmonton to Chicago. And Mark says, give me a break. Edmonton losing to Chicago is just as bad as the Penguins losing to Montreal. You guys are making excuses for how badly Edmonton has played. Let's go Oilers. Oh, and uh, time to put on your man pants. That one comes to us from Mark and St. Albert. Well, Mark, Pittsburgh has championship pedigree with their team. And they're not playing a team in Montreal that has championship pedigree. The Oilers are, you know, they're, they're star players or younger players. They haven't had great success success yet. And they are playing a Chicago's team that's got pride and knows how to win. Uh, now, that said... Carey Price is in goal for the Montreal Canadiens has played on a completely different level than Corey Crawford has. Like, Carey Price has won at least one and possibly both games that the Canadiens have won in that series. So Jeff Petrie, former Oiler, has come through as well. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Is it not a good time to consider eliminating national anthems before games? It's lame and just not necessary. The only thing, uh, the only good thing is we haven't had to listen to the Otter's Anthem guy who's just brutal. That text comes into us. You know, there are days, there are days when I start to think that there's some people that all they want to do is look for, is be a glass half-full guy. Have you heard the anthems in Chicago? Like, (laughs) uh, there are people that uh, respect anthems, and there are people that want to do a a form of protest with an anthem. And I would suggest that as a guy who's uh, a bit of a libertarian, do what you want to do. But I don't know whether or not you didn't necessarily have to, you know, we've got one individual here who wants to st- stop anthems. And I can tell you that a lot of guys like the, uh, Oilers anthemist, Robert Clark. Uh, of course, Paul Lorio was a, a, very special and popular anthem singer back in the day as well. Uh, you can text us at 7804960063. Greg and Red Deer says, Bob, the Oilers forwards need to start blocking more shots. They can't let those shots get through from the point. Um, Zach Cassian's attempt in game three was brutal. Uh, while well, it played a factor in the game tying goal at three three, there's no question about that. That comes to us from Greg in Red Deer. Let's go to this day in Oilers history back in the 630 Chad studios, the one and only. And back on this day in
2: 1979, the Oilers trade Joe Micheletti to St. Louis for Tom Rolston and Risto Siltanen. Micheletti had 95 points over two seasons with the WHA's Oilers. Rolston spent uh, parts of four seasons at Edmonton winning the Cup in his final year there, while uh, Siltanen played the next three years before departing for Hartford.
0: All right. Uh, Val from the high desert in Northeast Colorado sends us this via our uh, globalnews.ca uh, account that comes through to me. And he says, Bob, uh, I happen to like your anthem guy a lot. And that, of course, is Robert Clark. So uh, I would say I, I bet you that the majority of the listeners to this show like having the anthem before a game. That is just I, I'm going to hazard a guess in that regard. All right. Uh, we will have the City Ford Faceoff show today from 2 until uh, basically 4.30, and then we'll get into our Oilers uh, Network Broadcast Game 4. Qualifier Edmonton and Chicago, do or die. If the Oilers win, we'll have a Game 5 for you tomorrow. No matter what, we're going to have something to talk about on Monday. I can guarantee you that. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Chad Ford Faceoff Show with Reed Wilkins. Rob Brown, Jack Michaels, and myself. So long, everybody, and I'll rejoin you in about an hour and a half. Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.